Hello, Parkview. Uh-uh. No, you guys are hardcore because you're here the weekend after Christmas. So let's do this again. Hello, Parkview. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I'm Casey. I'm one of the pastors who teaches here occasionally. It's good to see you all. I'm glad that you're here. I want to shout out to people who are watching on the internet who might be traveling. I hope you're someplace warm. Um, We're really glad that you're here. Chances are some of you came to our Christmas Eve services, and that was your first time ever being here. I know that because there were 21,000 people at both campuses last week. That's a lot. Um, That's a lot. And so we're glad that if you came back after being here for one of those services, we're glad to see you. Um, 21,000, that's a lot of people, and that kept us all very, very busy, which means uh, there were some things that didn't get done. And so I need to ask you a favor. I've got something that I needed to finish that I didn't get done. So if if you don't mind, can I just take a a second and finish that now? I, I try to have this habit of sending thank you texts. Um, towards the end of every year to people who have contributed to that year that we've just had. And so I, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to take a second and just, is that all right? Just catch up on a couple of them. And as a matter of fact, just to make this a little more festive, I've asked Johnny to come and accompany me with some thank you text music, if that's okay. You got something you've thought of? Thank you, Jay Cutler, for showing us what true generosity really looks like, for showing us what it means to give, because you have shown us through your passing that it is most better to give than to receive. Thank you. Megan Trainer, for writing the song, I'm All About That Bass, because the song is now stuck in my head and my seven-year-old's head, and I cannot bring myself to explain it to her. Really? Good heavens. Thank you. Vince Neal from Motley Crue for giving us such heartwarming classics as Shout at the Devil, Dr. Feel Good, and Kickstart My Heart, and also for providing all Parkview staff with a way to teach people who Pastor Richie is. (laughs) Who's Pastor Richie? He looks just like Vince Neal from Motley Crue. Thank you, Parkview people, for making Christmas Eve 2014 an amazing event of celebrating Jesus' birth, and for once again succeeding in not setting each other on fire during the candlelight service. Thank you. Thank you all. That that was just good for me to get that off off my plate. So much to do. 
Today, uh, our color is green, and green is not about money. Some of you have asked about that. I only preach about money once a year. Tim gets the rest of them. Today is all about preaching about new life. Green is a color of new life. Now, I don't know about you, but for some of you, 2014 was not exactly a year of new life. Maybe, maybe 2014 was a year where things were worse than the year before. Maybe 2014 was a year where things were the same as they were before. Maybe Maybe it was a year when everything seemed to be falling apart. And so I want to talk to you specifically about new life today. But in order to tell you about green, I have to tell you about something else. Maria begins to uh, put her Christmas decorations away. She begins to wrap up the ornaments the Santa with the fishing pole and the sign on the sled that says, Gone Fishing, that weird old Aunt Josephine gave him so many years ago. Winding the lights around the old used cardboard wrapping tube. Wrapping up the ceramic angel from the nativity that's been broken so many times, it's really more glue now than ceramic. And she wraps it up and she thinks, how did things get by so quickly? 365 days have passed so incredibly fast. And she begins to realize that Christmas turns down the volume on certain things. There are things we don't hear as well during this festive holiday season. It turns down the volume on her husband's annoying habit because he says it's the holidays. Everybody drinks a little bit more now than they do at other times of the year. It's the same, maybe more as other times of the year, but it just feels different at Christmas. Turns down the volume on her son and the fact that he's bringing that girl, you know, that girl, to the family party and how he could make such decisions that to us on the outside are so obviously wrong. How he could be with her. Turns the volume down on that. Turns the volume down on her, on the the ache in Maria's soul, that thing that's been nagging her for the whole year, it turns the volume down because, frankly, when you get Bing Crosby and Andy Williams on Spotify and the sugar cookies coming out of the oven, it just turns the volume down on all that. But now that she's packing it up, everything starts to rise to the surface again. That nagging in her soul comes back. And she begins to think, I don't know that I can do 364 more days like this again. And she looks out the frost-covered windows on the snow that's fallen on the ground outside, and she says, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And then deep inside of her, this question comes up. It's an odd question. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense, but for some reason it's oddly comforting to her. And that question is this, can these dry bones live? There's this prophet in the Bible. His name is Ezekiel, and he is a priest and a prophet. Now, if you've heard the name prophet, you may think that's a pretty sweet gig, right? Who doesn't want to be able to predict the future? Because when we hear prophet, we think somebody who sees what the future is going to be. But honestly, it's not that sweet of a gig, and here's why. God calls prophets. He does not interview prophets because nobody would take the job. And he says to Ezekiel, the people I am sending you to are an obstinate and stubborn people. And then he says this, I love this. He says, let me read it to you. He says, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions. 
Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. See, you thought your coworkers were bad. Think about this. God says, I'm sending you to a group of people who are not going to listen to you, who don't care what you have to say. They are fighting with me. They are fighting with themselves. They don't know what their purpose is. Israel at this time period, when God is calling Ezekiel, has lost their purpose. And he's saying, I want you to go and give them purpose. And they don't want to hear it. Fighting with God, struggling with purpose, trying to figure out what life really looks like. I wonder if any of us can identify with that today as we look forward into this next year. Does anybody else feel that way? Like we're wrestling with God? Like we're fighting for purpose? But see, the difference here is God has a message through Ezekiel for Israel, and it is a message of hope. Listen to what he says. He says, Israel, I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. A new heart, a new spirit, a new way of living. I don't know about you, but for a lot of us, that sounds like a really good thing for the coming year. We'd like to start over. We would like a mulligan, a gimme. We would like to begin again. And we look ahead to this next year, we really want to look ahead and we really want to think that things can be different. And so it's in the middle of all this that God takes Ezekiel in a vision to a valley of bones. A valley filled with dead things, with carcasses. As Maria is cleaning up these boxes of decorations, she begins to move some space out in the closet. And as she moves this space out in the closet, she finds a photo album. And the album falls open in front of her, and she looks and she begins to see pictures familiar pictures pictures of herself, pictures of her husband and her son. She sees the pictures from their wedding when they were dressed better than they would ever dress ever again in their life. She sees her husband's face and that ruddy humor that always was what she fell in love with. That man who worked with his hands, that created things from nothing, that was going to change the world. That lovely and beautiful person that she walked down the aisle with, she sees that in his face. And in his eyes, in those pictures, there's a glint of life. She hasn't seen that in a while. She hasn't seen it since, since the surgery. She hasn't seen it since he lost his job. She hasn't seen it since he started chasing purpose to the bottom of a bottle. That glimmer has been gone. She sees pictures of her son when he was small, when he was little, a baby, a toddler. She sees him when his only purpose in life was to load his diaper and drool on everything. She sees him sitting at play with toys, simple wooden toys that occupied him for hours and hours and hours. And in him, she sees this life, this excitement, this giddiness, this feeling like he could take the whole world. She hasn't seen that for a long time. Not since that angry conversation not since that one Christmas that they will not speak of, the Voldemort Christmas. 
Not since she said those things that she wished she hadn't, and he began to keep light contact. She sees herself. She sees pictures of herself staring back with this flame of life in her, this beauty, this grace, this hope. She closes the photo album with a creak and a crack and she walks to the mirror in the hallway and she looks at herself. Fire is gone. She doesn't see in that person looking back at her that glimmer of life that she once had and it only turns up the volume on that ache that she's been feeling all day. And again, in the back of her mind, this eerie question rises to the surface, can these dry bones live. So Ezekiel, imagine being where he is. God has called him to a people who he knows are not going to pay attention to him. God has called him to a people who are called scorpions and thorns and briars. He's called to give them a message of hope and a message of life. That's where he is. And now he's been taken in a dream to a valley full of dead stuff. What we know about Ezekiel is that he's a priest, and in the Old Testament law, a priest is not allowed to be around dead things. So this is not a dream for Ezekiel. This is a nightmare. And some of us are looking back on our 2014, and what we see is a valley of dead stuff, of dry bones that have grown crusty and smelly over time. And in the middle of this valley, God speaks to Ezekiel, and he asks him a very simple question. He says, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel is freaking out, of course, because who wouldn't be? And I'm thinking he's saying, gosh, I certainly hope so, because I'm in deep trouble in the priesthood if not. Can these bones live? And that's what most of us are thinking. We're thinking, can things that used to be alive again, can they be alive again? Things that used to be alive, things that used to be vibrant, things that used to be good, can they live again? Can I resurrect the pieces of the flame of life that I used to have? Can those things live again? Because most of us, we came to this place last year at this time. We started making resolutions that we were going to put stuff back together, right? The American dream of I'm going to get my junk together. And so we begin to buy gym memberships, begin to do all that stuff that we do every year, and yet we find ourselves on the cusp of a new year thinking, I've got to do the same things again. Honestly, can we, can we speak some truth to ourselves and to each other? If we were capable of fixing it, we would have done it already. We are standing in the middle of a valley of dry bones, and God is saying, do you believe these things can live again? And we're going, gosh, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And that's how Ezekiel responds. He paraphrases it. He says, you, God, only you know the answer to that question because when you are standing in the middle of dead stuff, your options seem very limited. Where do we go from here? What do we do now? And Ezekiel says, if this is going to happen, it has to come from someplace other than me. And I love God's response because he says, son of man, preach to the bones. 
Now, I've preached to some pretty dead crowds before. You guys are fine. I've preached to some dead, but not like this. He says, preach to the bones. Proclaim what I'm about to say. And this is God's message to a valley of dead stuff. And I want you to hear this. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And come, you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. God tells them, dead stuff, it's time to live again. Broken stuff, it's time to be mended again. It's time for you to live. It's time for you to come to life once again. I will reattach the bones. I will mend up the broken ones. I will put skin and muscle back on that dead life that you've been carrying around for so long. I will put oxygen in you. I will recreate you. And the language here is very familiar because it's the language that was used in the very beginning of the Bible. In Genesis, it says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the earth, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God is saying, dead stuff, I am going to perform spiritual CPR and resuscitate and recreate your life. I am going to put you back together and the amazing thing is in this story, a wind begins to blow and the bones begin to rattle. And they begin to stand up. And Ezekiel at this point is completely freaked because now these bones have begun to form skeletons and tendons and skin and muscle have begun to form back on them until they are a whole and healed and put together person. If there's a message you can leave here with today, it's this. I believe in a God who makes dry bones dance. I believe in a God who puts dead stuff back together. I believe in a God who has not seen a tragedy or a chaos or a mess that he cannot deal with, recreate, resuscitate, reinvigorate with his breath and his presence. So I don't care what your 2014 has been. I believe in the God who makes dry bones dance. And so can you. But how does this happen? Our friend Mary hears the bells. Maria hears the bells of an old cathedral ringing out. And so she puts the packing off to the side. This will wait. Christmas has passed. New Year's has not yet come. We can handle this later. So she throws on her sweater and tucks it tightly up around her neck. And she begins to walk along the crunchy, frosted ground toward the sound of these bells. And she finds an old cathedral. And this cathedral has a service going on. And so she slips quietly into the back and hears the wood of the old Pew Creek as she sits down. And there is a reader up front. And the reader stands and opens this giant gold-trimmed Bible. And he begins to read. And he says, And there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping their watch over their flocks by night. Familiar with this story. She hears this thing that she had heard so many times. And there were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. 
the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with this angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Maria knew this, not because she knew the Bible. This is what Linus says. Every year they trot out the old DVD and it skips in certain places and they know to jump past it and they watch the little little man with his blanket begin to recite this amazing thing. She's heard this story, she's familiar with it, but what the reader says next is something she is not so familiar with. It says this, Jesus speaking, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in that moment, the question comes back. It says, can these dry bones live? But now she's beginning to get it. She's beginning to get the fact that this revolutionary baby is more than just a religious figure. She's beginning to get the fact that there's more significance to this happening in a stable in Bethlehem than maybe she ever thought there was, more than the peanuts could ever envision, more than she could ever see at a Christmas pageant. This revolutionary baby was a torch that was lighting away to life. And so when this question gets asked, can these dry bones live, she sees this new life in the manger and says, if God can do that then maybe he can do this. Can these dry bones live again? Maria has figured out what we are figuring out is that this story matters. It matters to the shepherds because I have to tell you something. These guys saw angels descend and speak to them and then they had to go on and live the rest of their life. Like you think that's the pinnacle, right? I heard from an angel. You can't unsee that. After the angels have come and terrified you and you have soiled your cloak in the middle of all the sheep, nothing goes back to normal after that because your view of the world has completely been altered and renovated. When this little baby came into the world, everything changed. And nothing more changed than the idea that dead things can begin to live again. I'm wondering if this is a dry bones moment for you. If, as you look at the last year, you begin to see dry bones throughout your life, dry bones in what you've been looking at on the internet lately, dry bones in your relationships, in your habits, in your thoughts, in your motivations, dry bones in your addictions, in your job, in the way that you've handled certain situations. I'm wondering if that is the moment that you're standing in. And I have to tell you right now, the God who makes dry bones dance is standing beside you saying, son or daughter, do you think those things can live again? Do you believe there's a possibility that that which was once dead might be alive again? It's an honest question. It's one you and I have to wrestle with in this very moment. The good news is, is that the dead stuff in your life in 2015 can be brought back to life. How do I know that? Well, green is the color that we're dealing with today. It's the color of new life. But green is also the color of the holiday of Lent that'll be coming up in the spring. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, dude, we just got done with Christmas. Are we, are we fast-forwarding like this? Now, for some of you, like, you may not know what Lent is. For some of you, Lent was that time when you got a taste for fish on Friday. I understand that. But Lent is the season of celebrating the coming of Jesus to the cross to die and be raised 
for the life of the world. Because Jesus at Lent, in this time of green, in this time of new life, he comes, he is crucified, and he is raised again. And the revolution at that point becomes complete because it's the ultimate sign that dead things can live again. Here's what Paul says about it. He says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He knew it was coming, and so he says earlier in his ministry, Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. There is going to be a reset. There is going to be a rebirth that sounds just like the beginning. Listen to what Paul says again. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The God who makes dry bones dance is with you in this moment and saying, do you believe dead things can live again? And then he points to Jesus and he says, because I most certainly do. I most certainly do. Just like Ezekiel preaching to the bones, just like Maria looking for a spark of new life, just like Jesus kicking his way out of the tomb on Easter Sunday, just like you and I will do when March comes around and we have that first 50 degree day and we run like escaped convicts out into that weather in t-shirts and shorts. Don't you laugh at me, you're going to do it, you know you will, and you're going to be sick the next week, but we'll do it. Because we love new life. When the green grass begins to poke through the old dead brown stuff, this is what we're talking about, a reset, a restart. Green is possible. Dry bones can live again, whether they're the ones in the story of Ezekiel, whether they're the ones that Jesus dealt with in his life, or whether they're the ones that you carried into this place today. Dry bones can live again. I had a dry bones moment when I was in college. Um, preparing to be a pastor is a great time for a dry bones moment. And in that moment, I was introduced to an author named Henry Nouwen. And he has a passage from a book called Life of the Beloved that was in a transforming moment for me in my life. And I just want to read this to you because this is a powerful statement of what it looks like to know this God, the God of green. This is what Henry says. He says, from all eternity, long before you were born and became a part of history, You existed in God's heart. Long before your parents admired you or your friends acknowledged your gifts or your teachers, colleagues, or employees, employers encouraged you, you were already chosen. The eyes of love had seen you as precious, as of infinite beauty, as of eternal value. When love chooses, it chooses with a perfect sensitivity for the unique beauty of the chosen one. And it chooses without making anyone else feel excluded. The reality is, before you ever died, you were chosen for life. Before you ever knew you needed it, before you ever messed up, before you ever gave up, before you ever screwed up, Jesus chose you in love and said, I will make your dry bones dance again. I will do it. It's a promise that none of us have to earn. It's already been given. All we need to do is say, I believe. I believe these dry bones can dance again. God, only you can do this. It's not on me. I can't do it myself. So God is inviting all of us today to new life. He's asking you to respond to that call very gently and very softly, not with force. He's saying, do you want to live again? Do you want that spark of life to return? Just look at Jesus. If you believe that I can make those dry bones dance again, I will make them samba with the best of them. 
That is the message that you and I need to hear. It's asking forgiveness for our rebellion. Because honestly, some of 2014 is our fault. Not you guys, other people, it's their fault. Some of 2014 is our fault. We did it to ourselves. Some of it is the fault of others. And some of it's just happenstance randomness. It doesn't matter. Because even if it's not our fault, it is our responsibility. And so we have to choose, will we live? Will we live with this God who makes the dry bones dance? Will we live with this God who gives new life before we ever knew we need it? Can we let the Spirit of God shape our actions and our habits by following His Son, Jesus? I want to challenge you to two things this morning. First, some of you going into this year need to, need to restart things. And one of the ways we believe that happens is through baptism. We practice baptism here for adults by immersion, and we believe it's a start. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 that when we are baptized, we die, and we come up and live again. I don't know of a better image of dry bones living again than being washed clean of the stuff that's going on in our lives. So if you have not made that choice, if you've not made that decision to be baptized, today is as good a day as any. And we have extra clothes, we've got towels, we welcome you to jump in. There's a table out in the foyer here. If you want to go there and check in, we'll find somebody to help you get set up to get baptized. So that's the first thing I want to challenge you with. Second thing I want to challenge you with is this. Open your bulletins, would you, if you have them there? Inside of your bulletins, there's a next step card. In that next step card, we have these three core classes that we do. If you want to learn how to live as a person whose dry bones are alive, we want to teach you how to do that. We want to help you understand how to do that. So I'm going to ask you right now, no matter if you've been here for centuries, if you've been here since before Tim had a goatee, I don't care. You need to fill out that card and drop it in the baskets later on. We're encouraging you this year to take a step towards living new life towards letting those dry bones become flesh and tendon again. I want to welcome you to that today. Let's pray together. Father, it's good to be here. And I want to thank you that for a person who's not real like Maria, or for a person like us, like me, who is real, You promise new life. You promise life and life to the full. You promise that no matter what has happened in this past year, no matter what has happened in this past year, you will bring hope and a new heart and a new spirit so that we can do the things that are good and beautiful and true. I thank you for Ezekiel and the odd position you put him in so that we might learn a little bit about the God who makes the dry bones dance. Father, now as we prepare our hearts for this time of communion, I ask that, I ask that you help us to wrestle with these choices. I ask that you help us to wrestle with this idea that you came and died so that we might live and not just live, but live with you, with a new heart and a new spirit. And help us to think on that today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.